Welcome to SoundPrints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. SoundPrints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is SoundPrints for the week of April 21, 2019. We are sorry to report the passing of Frank Kurt Silkey on April 17. Mr. Silkey served as director of the National Library Service NLS program for 38 years, and during his tenure we saw many changes in the talking book program. He will be sorely missed. One of the speakers at the 2019 Kentucky Council of the Blind Crossroads Conference was David Moose. David is a past district governor of Lyons Multiple District 43N here in Kentucky and past president of the Louisville East Lions Club. David and his wife Judy moved to Kentucky a few years ago from Arkansas, where he was also a past district governor and president of his local Lions Club there. David presented at Crossroads several times throughout the day, including the opening interstate general session entitled Membership is the Key, Everyone's on the Team, and side road concurrent sessions entitled Prospecting for Members, There's Gold Everywhere, And why are you here? Your testimonial. He, along with Paula Weiss from the Bluegrass Council of the Blind, presented a concurrent session called To Check or Not to Check Qualifying Leaders and Volunteers. David also was the concluding speaker at the closing dinner. His talk, entitled The Next Stop on the Road, is on page 2. You'll find four articles on page 3. The first is from the October-December 2018 NLS News Magazine and presents some interesting statistics related to the NLS Braille and Talking Book Program for this past year. The second article reports on new accessibility features in the Nintendo system of interest to video gamers who are visually impaired. Article 3 updates us on sounds that will increase pedestrian safety as electric cars become more and more prevalent. And the last article was announced on the Living with Diabetes email list and is from the EverydayHealth.com website. It discusses menu options at fast food restaurants that can fit more easily into your overall diet if you are diabetic or if you are just trying to cut down on fat, salt, and calories. And on page 4 is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. May I have your attention, please? While you're finishing up dessert, wasn't that, I don't know where I'm going to put it, but wasn't that meal lovely again? But while dessert is being um, distributed, uh, we're going to continue uh, one of the last stops on our program we're going to wrap it up with uh, Mr. David Moose. I want to again commend those who put together the uh, handout in print or braille, which I'm told uh, was worked on until 2 o'clock this morning. Um, I've got to learn to say no to Carla because I, th- I thought I was doing a presentation and I've ended up with six, so I apologize for repeating some things that you've already heard. I I am not here to uh, recruit for lines, but several of you have asked me questions, and so let me make a a few real quick comments. Uh, Lines 
clubs are men and women who enjoy helping other people in need and have fun in the process. It is officially by invitation only, but it's not hard to get an invitation. And if you would like to visit the Lions Club, uh, I have a state directory. I can tell you uh, information about just about every club uh, in the state. Or you can go to lionsclubs.org and uh, put in club search and find any club in the world. And there are 40, over 48,000 of them. A uh, couple of things that make lines work, and this is really important. We are uh, apolitical and non-sectarian. Apolitical means uh, we do not take sides politically. We might have a, a politician or somebody talk about a political issue, but only if, uh, if they have an opponent, we invite them to speak. Or if it's a community concern issue, that's valid. But we never endorse a candidate one way or the other. We're apolitical. Uh, that holds down the fights. The other is we're non-sectarian. Uh, I've recently sponsored into Lions a couple of Muslims, uh, a Jewish fellow. Uh, most of us in this country, in this culture, are, are Christian. But uh, if you're not, you're still welcome to be a good Lions Club member. Because again, we're non-sectarian. <clears throat> Our humanitarian arm is called Lions Club International Foundation. Uh, in the last 50 years, it has given out grants to help people in need. They've given out over $1 billion, including to many projects here in Kentucky. Uh, that's a great part of, of our work. And I've already talked to you about the uh, Lions Camp Crescendo uh, summer camps. And if, I, if you were going to buy a raffle ticket and I missed you, please uh, uh, trip me on the way out uh, or wave money at me or something uh, when we finish and, and I'll find you. I still have some raffle tickets. <clears throat> I had intended to open the first session this morning with a song, um, but time is tight, so we're going to skip my morning song, but I want to tell you about my evening song. Supposedly it's a true story, and if it's not, it should be. There was a fellow in Alabama whose name was Eugene Duda. And the whole time he was growing up, kids made fun of his name, Eugene Duda. So when he became an adult, he petitioned the local judge for a legal name change. And the judge granted it. But when his friends found out about it, they got upset. And they went to see the judge and said, did you really give Eugene Duda permission to change his first name to Zippity? <laughs> and the judge said, it's the truth. It's actual. Everything is satisfactual. So here we go. Zippity doo da, zippity a. My oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine heading my way. Zippity doo da, zippity a. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth. It's factual. Everything is satisfactual. Zippity doo da, zippity a. Wonderful feeling. Wonderful day. All right. Very good. Very good. I, um, 
As you know by now, I like telling jokes. Uh, I've had uh, I've had at least one for each class today. I actually brought about thirty with me. I don't have time to tell them all, but um, uh, I have a couple of favorites. Um, they're they're titled "Wrong Answer." Uh, this couple's lawnmower broke down, and the husband was dragging his feet getting this fixed. In spite of how much his wife uh, nagged him about it, he just never got around to getting the lawnmower fixed. And the grass was getting tall. He came home from work one day, and she was out in the front yard, down on the ground, cutting the grass with a pair of sewing scissors. He stared at her for a minute, and then he went in the house. Shortly afterwards, he came back out, came over to her, handed her a toothbrush, and said, after you mow the grass, you might as well sweep the sidewalk. <laughs> The doctors say that he'll probably walk again, but he'll always have a limp. <clears throat> uh, the other one's a couple that was going to go on vacation to Hawaii for the first time, and the wife decided, even though she hadn't been swimming in 10 years and 20 pounds, she decided she'd buy a bathing suit. She wasn't sure whether to get a, a two-piece bikini or, or a one-size, one-piece. And uh, she took her husband with her when uh, she went shopping and she looked over the, the swimsuits and asked him, should she get the, uh, the two-piece or the one-piece? And he said, you better get the two-piece, you'll never get all that into one piece. <laughs> he, he, last report, he's still in ICU. <laughs> and uh, there have been some comments today from other speakers about... Uh, about little people, and uh, Dan had us singing about so high and so low. Reminds me of the uh, restaurant manager, who was a, a jolly, friendly fella, easy to get along with on any topic except one, his height, or rather his lack of it. He, he wasn't even five feet tall, and he was very sensitive about being short. So all of his workers knew not to say anything about his height. Well, one day he came storming through the kitchen doors back into the kitchen. They had a, a packed dining room that day. He came storming into the kitchen and said, Can you believe it? Somebody just picked my pocket. Well, the staff didn't know what to say, so they were just quiet. Except for one waitress who could not resist the temptation and she said how could anyone stoop so low <laughs> okay let's get serious I want you to raise your hand if you have made at least one new friend today all right all right whose job is no not whose job is it whose opportunity is it to see that the mission and work of your organization is successful. Yours. Yours, yes. Everybody's opportunity. So what are some things you can do and should do that lead to your group's success, remembering that no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. We talked about that all day, about prospecting, uh, how you attract new members, how you get them uh, incorporated into your group, 
I want to suggest that you keep the quarter inch drill bit in mind. And some of you know about this. Last year, round figures in America, 100,000 people bought quarter inch drill bits. Paid good money for quarter inch drill bits. But none of those people wanted quarter inch drill bits. They wanted quarter inch holes. When you're prospecting, Remember the quarter-inch hole. Find out what your prospect is interested in, what your prospect wants out of being part of the Council for the Blind, and show him or her how membership in your group can help achieve that. Be available when you're needed, as you're able. My regular counsel to Perspective and New Lions is Attend the meetings when you can, help with the club projects as you can, and don't worry about the rest. Remember, too, that we're all volunteers. And this is a true story. It was a good friend of mine in Arkansas. He was a past district governor in Lyons. He was making his official club visit. Governors are supposed to visit all the clubs that year. He was making an official club visit, and, and he said, Fellas, there weren't any women before 1987. These were all men. He says, fellas, we've got to bring in more members. And somebody in the group said, Governor, we're all volunteers. We don't got to do a damn thing. And he was right. We're all volunteers. So keep that in mind. But find ways to encourage people to do what they can to make the group better. Being, avail being available includes ensuring that fellow members have your correct contact information so that they can leave messages when needed. Have you ever tried to call someone in, someone and heard this recording? <clears throat> the voice mailbox of the party you're calling is full and cannot accept new messages at this time. Please try your call again later. Yep, yep. Have you ever called your own number to make sure it doesn't say that? Uh-huh. What's on your voicemail? What's on my voicemail? If I'm not home, you'll get this. If the house is mooseless, your call won't be useless if you'll just leave a message after the beep. God bless. Okay. If you're in a leadership position... If you're in a leadership position, always be prepared. When I conduct a Lions Club meeting, I always have a joke. Would you believe that? I always have a joke ready. I usually have a song ready, if I can remember it, remember to sing it. If we have a guest speaker scheduled, I always have a backup plan in case the speaker doesn't show up, and that happens sometimes. I have some kind of fill-in activity that makes sure that it's not a wasted evening in anybody's mind. Um, for example, we might have a math quiz. Are you ready? Some months have 30 days, some months have 31 days. How many months have 28 days? All 12. I got you. Okay, here's another. Divide 30 by half and add 10. What do you get? 
70. <laughs> oh, I get it. You get it. Divide 30 by half and you've got 60 plus 10 is 70. Okay, one more. Listen closely. If you drove a bus with 43 people on board from Chicago and stopped at Pittsburgh to pick up seven more and drop off five, and you go to Cleveland and drop off eight and pick up four more, when you arrive at your destination, what's the name of the bus driver? <laughs> Adam Rushable, Debbie Dethridge, Elaine Vespod. You remember I said, if you drive a bus? Okay, enough of that. But anyway, have a plan B so that uh, everybody uh, knows it's a good a good time together, even without the guest speaker. Uh, one example I use, I've used is uh, just to go around the room and have each person tell how he or she became a lion, or in your case, how they became a member of the council for blind. Uh, another would be sharing one memorable experience you've had as a member of this group. I could show several. Uh, another I like, and I use this with my college students, what is the furthest you've ever been from here and why were you there? And I got some really interesting answers. I found out students had been to Africa or Switzerland or places I wouldn't have imagined, but particularly because I taught school in a poverty area in the Delta of Arkansas. Finally, encourage new members. I don't know the source of this poem, but I know its significance. I see you at the meetings, but you never say hello. You're busy all the time with those you already know. I sit among the members, yet I'm a lonely guy. The new ones feel as strange as I when old ones pass us by. Darn it, you folks urged us to join and talk to fellowship. You could just cross the room, you know, but you never make the trip. Can't you just nod your head and smile or stop and shake a hand? Then go sit among your friends. Now that I'd understand. I'll be at your next meeting and hope that you will spend the time to introduce yourself. I joined to be your friend. At your next function, locate the newer members and include them in your conversation. They're more apt to keep coming back and become active, valuable members of your group. The motto of Lions is, we serve. I don't know your motto, if you have one, but I believe your organization also serve, exists to serve. So I'll close with a quote attributed to Winston Churchill. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Friends, council members, give, serve, 
carry on. Thank you. Wasn't that great? David, for all your hard work today, and we really do appreciate all your hard work and all your entertainment. It's been great, hasn't it? We have a token uh, of appreciation, and it is a, um, a travel mug. This one's not orange. I believe it's blue, but it does, but it does have the uh, Kentucky Council of the Blind logo on it, and we uh, hope you enjoy it. Thank you, and you probably don't know because you haven't been to our house yet, but we collect coffee mugs. Oh, well. In, in, our, in our travels, and we have them literally from all over the world, and now I have one that says KCB. Thank you. You're welcome. Page three, articles and other interesting pieces of information. This first item comes from News Magazine, published by the Library of Congress, it is from the October-December 2018 issue, and the title is The Year in Review, By the Numbers, NLS in 2018. The federal government's 2018 fiscal year ended September 30. Here's a look at how NLS served its patrons over the previous 12 months. NLS and its network libraries circulated 17 million 650,983 Braille and audio books and 1,407,243 Braille and audio magazines. Included in those totals are 4,049,431 audio and e-Braille books and 196,161 audio and e-Braille magazines that were downloaded from BARD, the NLS Braille and Audio Reading Download Service. BARD passed the 100,000 book milestone with more than 105,000 books and more than 16,000 magazine issues available. The NLS Music Collection, the largest offering of Braille and audio scores and music instructional material in the world, grew to 24,836 items. More than 4,000 patrons borrowed items from the music collection. Followers of the NLS Facebook page doubled in one year to more than 34,000 and page likes went up 43%. Calls to the NLS toll-free number are way up over previous years thanks to the ongoing online, TV, and radio outreach campaign. NLS was on pace to get about 96,000 calls to its toll-free information number, 1-888-NLS-READ or 1-888-657-7223 by December 31. That compares to 8,142 calls in 2017. The 30th National Conference of Librarians Serving Blind and Physically Handicapped Individuals took place in June of 2018 in Nashville, Tennessee. More than 120 representatives of the 
47 states and U.S. territories attended. They got updates on NLS initiatives, took part in workshops and demonstrations led by NLS staff and network librarians, and had the opportunity to try new accessible products. This item was posted on ACB Leadership on April 18. It is entitled, Nintendo Updates the Switch with a Critical Feature for Visually Impaired Gamers. Every major console now comes with the ability to zoom in, a critical feature for many users. This is from motherboard.vice.com. Nintendo rolled out the 8.0 update for the Switch on Monday, and it's got a few features gamers have been asking for for a long time. Switch owners can now transfer saved data between systems, sort the icons on their dashboards, and most importantly for gamers with visual impairments, zoom in. Developer Dan Fishbach, who also volunteers his time for the International Game Developers Association Game Accessibility Special Interest Group, thanked Nintendo on Twitter for the update. Quote, I'm legally blind and can only see in my right eye, Fishbach told Motherboard in an email. The Zoom feature, to me, is a welcome addition to the Switch, and it is something I plan to use. End of quote. From here on out, in Switch's system settings, users just have to turn the Zoom feature on, then double-tap the Home button to zoom in on the screen. They can then move around the magnifying window and zoom in and out with the X and Y buttons. This small but impactful change is the latest in a long and far from finished march towards greater accessibility in games. Quote, Traditionally, if I needed to see something in more detail on a handheld console, I'd either have to get better lighting, get a magnifier, or both, Fishbox said. As the years moved on, backlighting became standard, so one battle was won. Screen sizes haven't increased that much, but the resolution sure has, causing finer details and smaller text, which makes games slowly more inaccessible. The zoom feature on Switch levels that playing field again, allowing me to read tiny text more easily while in handheld mode. End of quote. Quote, Nintendo endeavors to provide products and services that can be enjoyed by everyone. Our products offer a range of accessibility features, such as motion controls, a zoom feature, haptic and audio feedback, and other innovative gameplay options, a statement from Nintendo sent to Motherboard says. In addition, Nintendo's software and hardware developers continue to evaluate different technologies to expand this accessibility in current and future products. End of quote. Before this update, Fishbach avoided using the switch in the handheld mode. Quote, this allows me more of the same freedom you may already have to play the switch comfortably anywhere, he said. I'm no longer waiting to play certain games on a big TV or monitor. End of quote. Both the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 also have Zoom features on their consoles, and the Xbox One released a special controller for people with motor disabilities who may have a hard time using a standard controller. Quote, 
I have seen change this generation from all three major console manufacturers, and it is welcome, Fishbox said. Something on the console side of things, such as the Switch's new Zoom feature, allows game accessibility even if the developers of a specific game haven't included accessibility features in their game. This article was posted on April 16 on the Leadership List and on ACB Announce and is entitled, EVs will soon be required to make more noise at slow speeds. Here's how some of them sound. This article was posted on Mashable, M-A-S-H-A-B-L-E dot com. The American rock band, Linkin Park, is helping Mercedes-AMG come up with just the right sound for its electric performance car. That's not a joke. At the Geneva Motor Show earlier this month, Mercedes executives said the music group would develop the sound the normally quiet, battery-powered vehicles would make when driving to alert pedestrians. That's because electric vehicles are pretty much silent, and dangerously so, regulators say. Think about your cell phone or other electronic device. You don't hear much noise coming from it when it's on and running. Now think about your gas-powered car and all the vrooms, hissing, and revs it makes when the engine is on. An EV is more cell phone-like than you think. As greater numbers of electric vehicles make it onto the road, worries about the potential danger of silent vehicles to pedestrians, cyclists, and blind people grow. The European Union has a new directive requiring all new electric and hybrid vehicles to give a sound warning to pedestrians by 2021. When traveling at speeds below 12 miles per hour, the cars have to emit the sound to give pedestrians a heads up that there's a vehicle even if they can't hear it. When going faster than that, the tires against the road, wind resistance against the windshield, and more make the car more audible. The U.S. set a similar requirement for hybrid and all-electric vehicles, though it was delayed and took a while to hash out the details. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration will require all electric vehicles and hybrids to emit a sound while moving up to 18.6 miles per hour by September of 2020. The U.S. settled on a faster speed limit based on arguments that the cars are harder to hear until they're really moving. The noise requirement will be phased in to give car makers time to modify the vehicles, with 50% of cars required to emit a sound by this September. These new requirements mean companies like Mercedes, AMG, and beyond need to come up with artificial sounds their electric vehicles will play while moving at slower speeds. Ahead of the deadline, many car companies already have sounds in development and are putting them in cars. Waterproof external speakers will emit the sounds loudly and clearly. French car maker Citroën introduced an electric compact car at the Geneva Motor Show this year. Although only a concept vehicle, 
it included a sound signature that would play to comply with EU regulations. The more playful tune that oscillates based on the speed of the car shows how much range the car companies have to follow the requirements. Here in the United States, more automakers are going electric. About 1% of car sales and growing are EVs, which means more of these quieter cars are sneaking up, if not intentionally, on people in the crosswalk or while pulling out of a parking space. To comply with the upcoming requirements, every car maker must have a sound plan if it has or will have an electric vehicle in its lineup. The Nissan LEAF is one of the more mainstream and affordable priced EVs available. In the United States, more than 14,700 of the cars were sold last year. It will emit these sounds while going forward and reversing, kind of like the beeping sounds you hear when a truck backs up, but with more musicality. The GM's Chevy Bolt is right behind Tesla in electric vehicle sales. It reached 200,000 sales at the end of 2018, a few months after Tesla hit that mark. Since Chevy's hybrid Volt is no longer in production, the company is focusing its electric goals on the all-electric Bolt. The company developed its own AVAS sound, which stands for Acoustic Vehicle Alerting System. Motorcycles are also part of this new regulation. So Harley-Davidson's new Livewire electric motorcycle is revving up with an original sound emulating a real dog. We reached out to Tesla but didn't hear back about what its pedestrian warning signal would sound like. We recently heard that with Sentry Mode, its cars can play loud music as a theft deterrent, but that uses the car's audio system, not an external speaker. Silence is golden unless you're in an electric vehicle. Then it's time to make some noise. This article was featured on Living with Diabetes email list and is from EverydayHealth.com. It is entitled, How to Order Fast Food When You Have Diabetes. Wondering if type 2 diabetes has to limit your options of eating out? As long as you order smart, you can still eat at convenient fast food restaurants. This article is by Marich, M-A-R-I-J-K-E, Vrooman, V-R-O-O-M-E-N, Durning, D-U-R-N-I-N-G-R-N, medically reviewed by... Kelly Kennedy, R.D., and updated July 6, 2017. Sticking to whole wheat tortillas, grilled meats, and lots of veggies can help keep your fast food meal healthy. Although anyone may develop type 2 diabetes, this kind of diabetes is often caused by poor lifestyle choices, such as being overweight and not being physically active. Controlling your diet by avoiding typical fast food choices can play a large role in helping control your blood sugar levels, a must when managing type 2 diabetes.
Taking this important step may even reduce the amount of medication you need to take each day. But there are many reasons that you might need to rely on fast food restaurants. For instance, you may work late hours or be pressed for time, and fast food might be the only convenient or even the only option available to you. There's no denying that these quick bite chains seem to be everywhere. The United States has about 7.52 fast food restaurants per 100,000 residents, according to a study published in December 2011 in the journal Critical Public Health. Type 2 diabetes, better fast food choices. Common sense says that fast food isn't likely to be on the preferred foods list for people with diabetes. After all, a typical fast food breakfast can put you at or over your daily limit for fat, cholesterol, and carbohydrates. But many fast food restaurants offer smart choices that can help you get the nutrition you need with the convenience you desire. For starters, fast food doesn't have to mean fat laden fare. Planning ahead is key, says Jenny DeYesu, NP, CDE, a diabetes educator at Weill Cornell Medical Center in New York City. Many fast food chains now feature healthier choices, and these are the restaurants you want to go to. If possible, look at the menu ahead of time. This way, you'll have more time to make a healthier choice, says Duyesu. Some chain restaurants give nutritional information for their food items online. You can find them by typing the chain name and the word nutrition into any search engine. When trying to decide on the best fast food cuisine, keep these ideas in mind. Pizza may actually be a good choice for people with type 2 diabetes. Just be sure to order the thin crust type and top it with vegetables rather than high fat meats and extra cheese. It's also a good idea to watch portion sizes. Consider pairing a slice of pizza with a side salad for a more balanced meal that's lower in carbohydrates. To help keep blood sugar levels more in line, tacos, burritos, and wraps can be tasty and permissible in your diet. When possible, ask for whole wheat tortillas and avoid any entrees that are fried. Add as many vegetables as you can on top, and if you can, add a small scoop of guacamole. The healthy fats from the avocado will help your body to absorb carbohydrates more slowly. Leading to a more gradual rise and fall in blood sugar levels. Just remember that a little bit goes a long way, as guacamole is also high in calories. Look for fast food places that offer salad bars. These can be good for you as long as you limit the amount of salad dressing you use and don't load up on high fat salad ingredients like cheeses. Whenever possible, make your salad a more complete meal by adding a healthy protein source, such as a lean meat, fish, nuts, seeds, beans, hummus, or cottage cheese. Keep an eye out for various healthy diet special menu items. Some restaurants offer foods lower in cholesterol, fat, and sodium, and higher in fiber. Many offer reduced calorie salad dressings, low fat or fat free milk, and salt substitutes, DeJesus says.
Type 2 Diabetes Beware of Fast Food Traps One of the ways fast food restaurants make money is by getting more customers to come through more quickly, pressuring you to make a fast ordering decision, and when you feel rushed, you may make the wrong choices. Make smart rules and stick to them, like never ordering jumbo or supersizes. Keep in mind that you don't have to eat the whole portion of any food you order, especially if the chain's regular portions are larger than you need. Cutting down on portion size can make a big dent in your caloric intake. Try these additional tips when ordering. Order single burgers, not double or triple patties, and go with chicken, turkey, or veggie burgers instead of beef burgers. Avoid fried meats and even fried fish. Instead, choose grilled or broiled sandwiches or platters. Limit your topics to vegetables, like a slice of tomato or lettuce or salsa, staying away from high-fat sauces, dressings, and mayonnaise. Some restaurant items should be avoided, including croissants and croissant-based sandwiches, large muffins and bagels, as well as ice cream and other desserts, especially pies. Armed with information and a supersized serving of willpower, you'll be able to make better choices and take advantage of the convenience of fast food without it taking a toll on your health. Send to Braille is a free tool for creating a Braille file quickly in Windows. It adds a shortcut to your Send to Folder menu. Once installed, simply point to a file, right-click, select Send to, select Braille, to create a quick Braille file instantly. Download Send to Braille from the American Printing House for the Blind at tech.aph.org LT. Page 4, the Soundprints calendar. April 22 will be the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana conference call meeting. This is a membership meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On April 22, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired will hold a budget committee meeting at 8 p.m. Central Time at 669-900-6833. Enter code 3572-595-193. April 23, ACB Next Generation will have a Nationwide Organization Development Committee conference call. 8 p.m. by phone, Eastern Time. ACB members and, and other individuals under the age of 40 are invited to join this nationwide call to explore the possibilities of organizing a national special interest affiliate within ACB. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. For more information, contact Amanda Salm at 502-750-1774 or email her at alsmoot, S-M-O-O-T-87, at gmail.com. April 24, Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold a peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. Vince Riggs, Fayette County Circuit Court Clerk, will address the advisability and the process 
for obtaining Kentucky's new IDs and the situations where a standard driver's license or personal ID will continue to be acceptable. At the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington, call 859-259-1834 for more information and to sign up. April 25, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its next peer support group meeting. This is an in-person meeting in Louisville from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. This is a great activity for those who have begun experiencing vision loss or who have had low vision for several years at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On April 26, SAVVY, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, will hold a workshop. This is in Owensboro, and it is on Android phone accessibility and app sharing from 10 a.m. to noon Central Time. Join us to learn about Android accessibility and some popular apps at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call 270-684-4418 or 270-686-8689. Also on April 26 is a GLCB roundabout. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind invites everyone to participate in individualized education and technology activities from 3.30 until 5. Then there will be a tip sheet from 5 to 5.30, page turners from 5.30 to 6. Dinner, 6 to 7, $6 per person. KCB Next Generation Activity, Games and Crafts from 7 until 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. Please call 502-895-4598 to let us know you'll be attending. April 27, the old ball game from 1 to 3 p.m. at the APH Museum. Can athletes who are blind play baseball? Of course they can, in the adaptive version of America's favorite pastime called beep ball. Whether in the batter's box or in the field, athletes rely on their auditory sense to focus on the beeping ball and the buzzing bases. The first documented game of baseball was played at the Kentucky School for the Blind in 1894. 125 years later, we're showing you how it's played now. At the APH Museum, 1839 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. Sign up by calling 502-899-2213. On April 27, ACB Next Generation will have a Saturday Night Live chat hangout. At 8 p.m. Eastern Time by phone, ACB members and other individuals under the age of 40 are invited to join this nationwide Saturday night chat focusing on a designated topic. For questions, contact Amanda Salm at 502-750-1774. The phone number will be 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. On April 28, the 7th Annual BCB Sea Cruise will take place. This is from 4 to 8 p.m. Enjoy live music from Conk Republic, food and drink specials, auctions, raffle, and more. At Banners, 3650 Boston Road in Lexington. For more information, contact 859-259-1834. 
This is a major fundraiser for the Bluegrass Council of the Blind. On April 28, ACB families will have a support group meeting. It's at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering 796-096. On April 29, Savvy will have a board meeting. This is a planning meeting for a bowling fundraiser at 7 p.m. Central Time on the conference line at 669-900-6833, enter code 3572-595-193. And now, here are some activities for May. On May 2, the American Council of Blind Lions will have its conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Excellent opportunity to share ideas about how to become involved in local Lions clubs. Open to current Lions, former Lions, and anyone who would like to become a Lion. At 9 p.m. Eastern Time, call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796 On May 4, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have a derby party from... 10.30 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 10 a.m. Plan to come early, stay late, and enjoy friends, games, and food all day. The cost is $6 per person. Sign up by calling 502-895-4598. Also on May 4, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired will have a bowling outing. From 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. Central Time, this is at Diamond Lanes Midtown at 1901 Triplet Street in Owensboro. Register by calling 270-684-4418 by noon on May 3. Savvy will pay for rental of up to two lanes. If additional lanes are needed, the $38 cost per lane will be divided equally among participants. Everyone is responsible for shoe rental, $2.25, snacks, etc. On May 5, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its committee meetings. The advocacy meeting will be at 7 p.m. And the Education, Activities, and Technology Committee, the EAT Committee, will meet at 8 p.m. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444 to participate. On May 6, a Savvy Program Committee will meet at 7 p.m. Central Time at 669-900-6833, enter code 3572-595-193. On May 7, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its statewide conference call meeting. At 8 p.m., we will use the conference number 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. Individuals statewide experiencing low vision are encouraged to ask questions, share tips, and offer comments. On May 8, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its conference call meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 605-475-4700 and enter code 155619. For more information about NKCB, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. On May 8, KCB PR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. 
at 669-900-6833, intercode 3572-595-193. On May 9, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its first support group meeting in person in Louisville for May from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On May 10 will be a GLCB roundabout. From 3.30 until 5, we will have individual education and technology activities such as Braille, iPhone tips, genealogy, and more. There will be a special speaker from 5 until 6. That will be Bobby Holsclaw, Jersey County Clerk, will visit us to talk about accessible voting. There will be dinner from 6 to 7, $6 per person, bargain tables 7 to 7.30, bingo $2 per person from 7.30 until 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On May 11, GLCB will hold its May board meeting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time by conference call. The number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On Sunday, May 12, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation Chapter will meet by conference call at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the regular monthly chapter meeting for visually impaired people 40 and under in Kentucky. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. On May 12, ACB Families will have its regular monthly meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering code 796096. On May 14, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its monthly chapter meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. Mark your calendars and plan to join us for this fun social activity. Details will be coming soon at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418. Or share a lot at 270-686-8689. On May 14, the Savvy Board will hold a conference call meeting at 7 p.m. Central Time at 669-900-6833. The code is 3572-595-193. On May 17, GLCB will have a roundabout with the Usual schedule, education and technology, 3.30 to 5, discussion time, 5 to 6, dinner, 6 to 7, $6 per person, and games and crafts from 7 until 9.30. Please note that end time for roundabouts is 9.30 instead of 10 o'clock. United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. Please call to sign up at 502-895-4598. On May 18. There will be a Cave Hill Cemetery walking tour from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Several individuals connected with the early history of the Kentucky School for the Blind and the American Printing House for the Blind are buried at Cave Hill Cemetery. We will visit their grave sites and tell their stories. Limited transportation from APH to the Cave Hill Cemetery is included. The event is free, but registration is required. 
call 502-899-2213 to sign up. Looking ahead to July, from July 5 to July 12, the 58th Annual ACB Conference and Convention will take place in Rochester, New York, and will be filled with exhibits, workshops, programs, tours, and many fun activities. Convention hotels include the Hyatt Regency Rochester and the Rochester Riverside Hotels. Events will take place in both hotels and the general sessions and exhibits will be in the convention center. All are located very close to each other. Room rates at both hotels are $89 per night, single or double occupancy, additional $10 per person for up to four people in the room. This rate does not include the 14% tax. Telephone reservations can be made by calling the Riverside at 585-546-6400 or the Hyatt at 800-223-1234. Please note, if you are a KCB member attending the ACB convention in Rochester, please do not contact the hotel directly for room reservations. Instead, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. If calling the hotel for reservations, mention that you are with the American Council of the Blind 2019 convention. Rooms must be booked by June 7, 2019 to guarantee the convention rate. Pre-registration will open May 22 through June 23. Open to ACB members only May 22 to May 26. For more information about the convention, visit https colon slash slash acbconvention.org. July 26 and 27 is the Kentucky School for the Blind 74th Annual Alumni Conference and Reunion at the Ramada Inn, 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. More details will be posted very soon. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.